Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, it is your host, Catherine here. So we all know that most social work jobs do not pay even close to what we deserve, to the value that you bring, especially if you are straight out of grad school or with your BSW. So this is why it is just so important that we know how we can utilize our skills to make a living while making an impact in addition to your full-time job. I know this can be exhausting, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and I am not mad at it because I am living in California, and it is expensive, especially if you want to do more than pay taxes and pay your rent. So this is for you if you're a new grad, if you are a seasoned professional, and even if you're a current student, there are definitely ways that you can start making money without a lot of startup cash or any startup cash, really. Tiffany Tate is amazing. I am such a fan of hers. She is an LCSW and a self-made millionaire. I'm going to let her introduce herself But she's going to share how she was able to establish multiple streams of income with no startup cash and share about jobs that you are uniquely qualified to do as a social work grad. Definitely excited for this. Let's hop into it. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to the Social Workers Rise podcast excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Please do your introduction. I've watched you. I love your introduction, so please. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) So I'm Tiffany Tate. I am a licensed clinical social worker, certified zeroing way facilitator, and I I'm best known for being a serial entrepreneur and taking my small scale side hustles and flipping those into larger equity and distribution deals. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So I just love that you are giving tips and tricks on your YouTube about how we can repurpose our education and our knowledge and our skills into creating side hustles. Agreed, agreed. It's so necessary as a social worker to be able to create additional income, you know, sadly, because we don't usually get paid enough from one, but the side hustles allow us to create our own. So yeah, I, I, I like I was saying, I just feel like we have to be able to um, essentially make additional money as best as we possibly can as social workers, because usually our full-time jobs don't allow for us to um, make a substantial um, entry-level salary. So let's hop right into it. What are some of the jobs that we can do with our social work skills that we may not have thought of before? 
So I usually tell people the easiest thing that you could do is take what you do now and do it on the side. That is literally the easiest way. So if you're a hospital social worker, right, maybe you focus on discharge planning. Um, consider taking that as a privatized skill and taking it to a different audience. So maybe you go to private hospitals or private treatment centers and contract out discharge planning services. Or maybe you uh, train new social workers, right, on how to create discharge plans and, and, and um, offer that as a webinar service. Whatever you do now, you are the expert in. Um, that doesn't need to be overbought or made more complicated in most situations. It's about taking that and scaling it out, right? That's the easiest way. <laughs> then there are millions of other side hustles that we are uniquely designed for. Um, my channel has these kind of in greater detail, but I talk a lot about um, payer auditing is one that we've utilized to make a lot of money, um, auditing charts, medical records, negotiating uh, net, uh, insurance contracts, um, running groups by the hour at hospitals and treatment facilities. Um, uh, doing phone assessments um, is another one that can pay well. You sit at home and do remote assessments as intake coordinators. Um, so there's a lot. I can go on and on and on for days, but um, there are a lot of things that we can do um, creating our own consulting work or working part-time um, at, at, at uh, different facilities and hospitals and agencies making side money. Even as a college student, chances are you have presentations, you've done a lot of research, you've put together your thesis, you've probably presented on a topic in class, and you may be able to flip that research that you've already done into a presentation that could, the community would benefit from, that your fellow peers could benefit from, you know, anybody. There's probably someone right now who would benefit from that information. Even just being a new grad, you've survived and succeeded in that. How many other new you know, uh, graduate students are there that you could be teaching how to master that program? That's a skill set in and of itself. Teaching people the shortcuts of getting papers done on time, teaching people the efficiency it needs to do that while maintaining a job, um, helping people to do the research for their projects or assignments. That's a whole hustle in and of itself. And um, when you're just entering the field, right, being able to touch a lot of different small side hustle jobs or part-time jobs really gives you an opportunity to determine what do you want to become the expert in. So the earlier you start your side hustle hitting the ground, the better it is for you long term. That's amazing. This is the kind of information that you're not going to learn in school. Absolutely. So, so nobody teaches us how to hustle at all, right? Everybody kind of teaches us this mentality of go get a good state job and make it work for the next 30 years. And I'm not with that. <laughs> I think there's merit to that. But I also think that there's merit to branching out and creating my own wealth. I'm glad we're having this conversation now because I remember after I got licensed, that was like the height of what I was striving for because I always felt like once I get my license, then I'll be able to be happy and then I'll reach like the tip top level. But then once I got licensed, I had this moment where I thought to myself, what do I do now? I don't really want to do any of the other traditional social work jobs. I don't want to work with CPS or APS. I don't want to get the nonprofit wages. What do I do now? How do I continue to still make impact? And 
and support my family and support the life that I want to live. Well, see, um, that's the problem. Sometimes we wait a little too long, right? Because that's what happened to me too. So the next thing was getting the license, right? Or moving up in a company. And then you kind of max out and say, well, what else can I do? And the truth is, if somebody had told us from the beginning, the minute we left grad school, that we could start hustling right then and building wealth right then, we would have been much better positioned. We just didn't know that, right? Um, I, I, I realized that I waited much longer than I needed to. I could have been doing this and been making money. So then what would you say to someone who feels like they have to get licensed right now or that they need a certain amount of letters behind their name to be credible or to have the authority to teach on a certain subject or a, another certificate or another specialization in order to do this? What would you tell that person who feels like they just don't have enough letters behind their name yet? So I hear that a lot. And I want to just remind us all that's just simply our own imposter syndrome as we allow that to seep in from others. Right. Because that should be able to like bounce off of us and not hear that twice. In order to be here and in this moment and to call ourselves a social worker, we are an expert. We have exceeded expectations. We have exceeded the average, you know, um, people don't go to grad school. People don't necessarily be able to, you know, excel on the level that we have and show this to the world. And so we are the expert in this. And so we have to determine what do we want to talk about and what do we want to continue to excel in, right? And, and really honing in on that and making it our own. But this idea that we're just not an expert because we don't have enough time under our belt is ridiculous. We're all the expert in something. Let's talk about what that is. And that's usually something that's a little deeper and dearer to our heart, right? That we put some work around, um, not just professionally, um, but we are the expert in something. We just have to figure out what that is and how we're willing to show up in it. I think that oftentimes people <laughs> confuse um, making a lot of money with things we enjoy. I will be very frank in saying that I did not enjoy the way I made money. <laughs> the profits <laughs> came first and the purpose came second. So it started with really just honing in on what was natural to me because we do this every single day. Whatever you do day in and day out, you're naturally becoming the expert in. How do I make this make me money? Um, and so that's usually scaling this out or taking this to a different target population because the knowledge and the training is already under our belt. Outside of that, the next thing is what interests you, right? What are the things that you're drawn to that speak to your soul? Because then you want to put um, intentional effort into maximizing that expertise, taking trainings around that, attending webinars around that. Nowadays, they have stuff like Clubhouse, right? And the internet and social media is so prevalent that you could get on there and learn YouTube. You could, I teach for free every week, right? <laughs> so there's all this information out there for free right now that you can become the expert in something um, if you're intentional about it. Mm-hmm. It is also important to point out that this does not happen quickly. It's not fast. This definitely takes some dedication. A lot of times there's coaches and gurus and professionals that want to make it look like it's an overnight thing, but it definitely, definitely takes time and commitment. Are some lucky people out 
the blessed people out there in the world that I see it happen to, it didn't come to me that way. It started with making an additional $25 an hour, you know, with a side hustle. It came to me with piling those hours on top of hours on top of hours into a larger business venture. Now, I will say that, yes, now it does come that way, right? Now it's very easy for me to charge $250 an hour and that's my base rate. But it did not start that way. And, and it was putting the time and the effort and the diligence into continuing that. Here's another question for you, Tiffany. If I'm looking to legitimatize my business, say I wanted to complete assessments for other companies, how do I do that? So there's two ways. You can create your own kind of consulting um, operation. Or you could simply look online. You'll be surprised how rewording what you do will show up on somebody's part-time list or, or you know, kind of um, after-hours list. So if you're doing assessments all day and that's really your main job, really just put into Indeed uh, part-time assessments or part-time assessor, right? Or um, part-time scribe. Um, because if you're really good at doing documentation all day and they have a lot of these pl uh, places that now have clinical assistants that do lots of documentation, I would put the word scribe in. Um, it'll come up in different sectors, right? But that's what a scribe is, um, taking practitioner's information and, and, and um, documenting that. So I would really take what the portions of your job description and put them right on into Indeed and see what comes up for part-time. That's the first way to start making some side money as part-time work. Now, what's a little harder is, but never impossible, is to turn this into your own business and operation. But I wouldn't necessarily suggest starting there. Let it be somebody else's diamond headache while I iron out my expertise and, and you know, master that. And then I'll take it onto my own, you know, operation. And you just taught me something, right? So I never thought about how much pressure that might put on somebody. I had this entire YouTube channel talking about side hustles, <laughs> and that might be too much for a lot of people. Right. All I want to get across is we can make extra money and it comes a lot easier than people um, give it credit for. It's all about being creative. Definitely doesn't need much to start. And as a matter of fact, I wouldn't suggest starting with much. We need to start with what we have and then scale from there. So what you're talking about is scaling. And that's the problem. The Internet will thinking and will have you thinking you have to start there. No, that's like phase three. <laughs> and so people need to realize that just it's okay to take a breath. You're not starting off with a million dollar model. You're starting off with a hustle that you turn and scale into a million dollar model. Lily and I started with our side hustle of clinical auditing and scaled that consulting firm um, into a very larger consulting firm. But that's where it started. And what happened is we just asked our agency that we work for time. What's the problem? Why are y'all always so stressed? What's going wrong? Well, we're not making any money. The insurance is not paying us. So Lily and I were like, oh, so if maybe we figure out why the insurance is not paying these people, maybe they'll get off our backs as therapists, right? And so that's all it started with, figuring out what the problem was and becoming the solution to the problem. Yeah. So ask. Uh. Simply ask your agency where you work right now. What problem? you need solved, go figure out the solution to that problem. You then set your own rate. That is genius. To... Well, thank you. I don't know if it's genius, but it surely made us a lot of money. I could do that. <laughs> You'll be surprised how much of this becomes word of mouth. And even if you don't get paid the first time, right, because you're doing a staff training at your own agency, your supervisor will see that as you showing initiative, right? 
and, and wanting to take something off of their plate. So now you're positioning yourself well with leadership as well as creating your own opportunity to start your own hustle on the side. Because what you just did for them, you call five of their competitors and now go sign up and do that as a contractor for the competitors. Lily and I literally did this for millionaires. That's what paradigm was. <laughs> it is very, very possible to create your own. I love that. And you have so many great ideas on your YouTube. What are some other ones that we may not have covered yet? Some ideas for future entrepreneurs? We do a lot of compliance, a lot of auditing. Zoning was one that most social workers don't think about. They like that one, um, being a zoning officer. Um, I have a few zoning. So zoning are the people who go to the, whenever you build a hospital, or if you build um, a treatment center, anything you've got, a doctor's office, anything that you have a practitioner, that, that location, the physical real estate of that location has to be zoned um, by the county to be able to provide that service. So the, the county has to give it a coding that says, this can be a doctor's office, or this can be a therapist's office, or this can be an patient treatment center. So most people don't know this, that when they're trying to get real estate or trying to start a business, that they can start a business wherever you want. The county finds out you start the wrong business in the wrong place. They can shut you down whenever they like, and they do, and they make a lot of money doing that. So you have to get a, a real estate agent that is, um, understands how to find a, a place that you want zoned appropriately for what you need. What most people don't know is, and what Lily and I started a hustle with under Paradigm is you can flip zoning. So let's say you get a place that is agriculturally zoned and you can only um, maybe put you know corn there. Um, there is a potential in certain municipalities under certain circumstances that you can get that turned into the zoning that you need by filing the right applications with the zoning board. Now, this is a lot of crazy information that social workers are thinking right now, why do I care about this? Social workers are uniquely positioned for zoning for behavioral health facilities because part of the zoning and application process is going to the board and fighting the other um, businesses in your uh, township or municipality that says, I don't want this behavioral health treatment center there. You as a social worker are able to present to the board and state the case as to why this is needed on behalf of the uh, population that you serve. And we're quite successful in doing that because we understand not only the prognosis, but the outcomes and what we need to do to be able to provide services for that. And we usually win these battles of getting them zoned. And because we are so knowledgeable and how we get them zoned, we charge top dollar to be your zoning representative and go and file the paperwork on behalf of your hospital or organization. So that is a side hustle that most people don't know about. I, my background is in um, primarily for-profit, private insurance and healthcare, right? With a nonprofit background, I, that exact same hustle that I took, you can go and now build <laughs> homeless shelters, right? Food banks, you can reposition this for a different target population. So this is exactly what we're talking about when we say, take what you do now and bring it to a different population and that's how you make money. So please check me out on YouTube. Um, our channel is called Unorthodox Thoughts, youtube.com uh, slash unorthodox thoughts, as well as on Instagram, unorthodox underscore, underscore group, um, or unorthodoxgroup.com. We have a women's professional mentorship group completely free if anybody is interested in just getting support um, as a growing professional um, woman. So that's where you could check me out. Thank you so much, Catherine, for having me today. I know it through a lot of crazy information out there, but if any of it <laughs> sticks with you, feel free to check me out. It'll make sense then. <laughs> I hope you got all of those amazing gems that Tiffany shared for us. 
If you are still here, just know we had some tech issues during recording, so I did my best with editing, but you know I'm a social worker. I'm not a tech professional, so please bear with me. Be kind. Definitely show Tiffany some love. Her links are in the show notes at Unorthodox Group, and I will catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If this episode helped you, please help me spread the word by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcast and share that you're listening. Tag me on social media. I love it. I will repost and reshare. I love it. Social currency is free, but it is so valuable. Also, I'd love to hear from you on Instagram. I really do respond. I really do love it when you give me your feedback. Lastly, this is not therapeutic advice or business advice or any other kind of personalized advice. To get that, you definitely need me as your coach. So please, again, reach out to me on Instagram. I can't wait till next week. I will see you then. All the love. Bye.